Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. Good morning, everybody. Isn't it great to be in God's house? Yeah? Isn't it great to be together and to worship the Lord and to give him honour, to give him praise? I love it. I love the fact that we get this opportunity every Sunday to come together and to give him what he deserves. Just before I continue, my mum's watching online. Happy birthday, mum. Have a great day. Enjoy your day. Um, They would have loved to have been here. But circumstances is that they couldn't, so we're, you know, sending our wishes over to them, to my mum, especially this morning. All right, over the last few weeks, couple of weeks, we've been doing a whole new series, and our series has been A Story of Hope. I loved Mace's message. I wasn't actually in the room, but I watched. You did all right. It wasn't bad, actually. (laughs) felt a bit threatened. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It's not comparison. No comparison. No, really, it was a great message. And if you've missed it, go back and watch. Um, Mace was talking about Peter. And you know, the fact that Peter fell over a few times, hey, but the story of hope is that in the same way, we may not feel like we're perfect, but God can use us. And it was an amazing message. And then last week, um, Britt preached. It was awesome. I felt, you know, as a mum watching your daughter preach, I'm thinking, man, she's much better than me. And um, she spoke on Deborah, an amazing message on who are you giving hope to? Who are you standing behind? Who are you championing? Again, another great message and one that is so worth watching and listening to. So this morning, I'm going to further this and I'm going to go to the book of Ruth. Wayne gave us different topics and he gave me Ruth. I was really happy with that. It's all about me. Not really. So we turn to, just in case, it really wasn't all right. Just in case, um, oh, Britt, you've given it to me. The spirit of who knows what we're doing this morning. (laughs) All right. So as we look in the book of Ruth, we've got some really good things to look at. This is an incredible book that really goes and looks at how God is the God of the impossible and in the midst of everything, he gives us hope. And as we look at Ruth and Naomi and the other characters in this book, we see that God is present at the moment, that he never leaves them, he never walks away. But there are some things in this that show where there was moments of walking away from the hope to then having to come back into a place of recognising who our hope is. It is a testament to the fact that nothing is impossible for God. There is always hope for a better tomorrow. This book is full of reminders that God is at work even when you don't think he is. The events in this story produce a hope that leads to Jesus. There is a parallel here between Ruth and Boaz and Jesus and us the Redeemer. You know, Ruth had a Redeemer. We have a Redeemer and that is Jesus. The whole book is a story of hope, just like our lives can be a story of hope. 
The word hope means to cherish a desire with anticipation. To cherish a desire with anticipation. Right now, our world is lacking some hope. We constantly look around and we look and we think, is there any hope? Is there hope for our grandchildren? That's how I feel at times. I look at the little children and I think, my goodness, is there a hope for them? Yes, there is. We know that. But we have to be certain in it and know that God's at work. You know, Ruth was thought to be a high-ranking Moabite woman. They say she may have been the granddaughter of Eglon, the king of Moab. Her great-great-grandfather was King Balak, who had unpleasant dealings with Moses. Her religion was not believing in our God, but a God called Chemosh. Ruth had no understanding of Israel's God, Yahweh, until Naomi and her sons came into her life. You know, Moab was in constant unsettlement with Israel. I want to just give you a little bit of a background about Moab. Moab was a place where the Israelites camped before they entered into the promised land. Okay? So they're all camped there. They go up to the mountain. It's actually where Moses died, up on the mountain. That mountain was where they overlooked the promised land. They overlooked the hope that was about to come to them. Here we see in this book, in Ruth chapter 1, 1 to 5, in the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimech and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Mahon and Kilan. I don't know if that's really how you say it, but we'll go with that. They were Ephrates from Bethlehem in the land of Judah, and when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Emelek died. Man. And Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other a woman named Ruth. But ten years later, both Mullen and Killen died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Let me just stop here. Here we see that Emelech decides that in the time of famine and everything going wrong, he walks away from the promised land, the hope, and he goes back to the place where there was no hope, where you're looking in on the hope. So what we see here is that he walks away with his wife and his two sons and he says, hey, I'm going to take control. We're in a famine. We're in this incredible time where we can't get food and things aren't right. So I know I've got a plan. I'll take control. Come with me and we'll go back out of the promised land. We'll go back out of the hope and we'll settle in a place where there is no hope. So then, some tragedy takes place. The word Bethlehem is where they were from, and it means the house of bread. There were many people who never left Judah. There were many people who never left Bethlehem in that moment. And they didn't die. They didn't get... 
hungry, see the hope provided. What I want to say here in this point right now is that often when we go through difficulties, often when things aren't right in our life and we begin to lose hope, we begin to lose the hope of the King of Kings, instead of running to the house of bread, instead of running into Bethlehem, what do we do? We run away and we go back. We go back to the place where there is no hope and then we start to look in over the mountain at the hope. We look in at the people that are still holding on with everything and we think if only I didn't leave the house of hope if only I didn't leave the land where God was Emmeluk took his Naomi and his two sons from the promised land he took the situation into his own hands Emily took this hope away from God and took it into what he thought he could do. In our society right now, in our lives right now, it is not the time to step away from the hope. It is the time to run into the hope. It is time to run into where God is. It's time to come to a place where we go, God, we need you more than any other. We need you to turn situations around. We need you to break open things. We need to see you moving, a fresh wind to come upon our land. We need to see the demons go. We need to see Marriages put back together. We need to see the chains coming off. It is in the name of Jesus that things are changed. So when you're going through a difficult time, don't run away. Don't go out of the hope. Come to the house of hope. Come to the house of bread. See, in this story, we see hope during tragedy. Naomi, Ruth and Orpah had lost their husbands. Naomi hears that Judah has good crops again and she chooses to move back to Bethlehem. There was hope again, come back to the place of God. Naomi realises, I've been out of the will of God. I've been away. I need to come back. I believe there is going to be a move of the Holy Spirit where many people who have stepped away from God, who have chosen not to believe in God anymore, are going to suddenly come running back into the house of bread. They're going to start coming back into the house of hope. And they're going to say, I need Jesus. So as a body of believers, we need to be praying We need to be crying out. We need to be saying, God, bring them back to the house of bread. During tragedy, she sees hope back in a place she left. In Ruth 1, 8 to 22, it's a fairly long bit, but I really want to read it to you today. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's homes And may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. 
Let's stop there. What they were actually saying is, no, no, you told us about the house of hope. You told us about the house of bread. You've told us about a God that can provide for us. Our God doesn't provide. Our God isn't real. Our God's done nothing for us. We want to go with you to your God. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who would grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I'm too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again they wept together and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. This was at the absolute moment that this woman, who had watched her mother-in-law in the middle of tragedy who had seen the pain, the anguish. And sometimes we do go through things and we think we're not being a good witness to God. Sometimes we go, God, I'm not even showing that you exist in my life. I'm going through so much and there seems so much. And you heard the pain in Naomi. But I want to tell you that even in the pain with Naomi, she knew who her God was and that... that um love for her God was so real, so much so that Ruth says, your God shall be my God. Don't send me away. Don't underestimate what you can be in the midst of what you're going through. For as you press into God, he enables you, he strengthens you and he equips you. And people see something in you, even if you don't think you're displaying who he is. Because you're not running away from him. You're running into a place with him. And it's this moment that Ruth actually says, I believe in God. I surrender my life. I surrender my background. I surrender my family. It doesn't matter how important my family was, I'm walking away from it because I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I'm going to go where God wants me to go. So the two of them continued on their journey and when they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi, the women asked? Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? Can I say here 
This is a hurting woman who is declaring out of her mouth that her God wasn't there for her, that her God did this. I'm going to step back here. God didn't do it. God didn't walk away from her. God was still in her room. But Emelik, Naomi and her two sons stepped out of the presence of God, stepped out of the house of bread and they went and took it into their own hands and decided they were going to control their lives. And then when everything goes not so great, they blame God. God didn't do it. God's the God of hope. God's in the midst. God's in your room. God never leaves you and he'll never forsake you. And so Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman, and they arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. We see in this passage that Naomi's grief and loss of hope was huge. But God loved Naomi. And God provided for Naomi the whole way. He provided him Ruth. He gave her a daughter-in-law that was going to stand beside her to champion her, to provide for her and to be in the midst with her. What can we do to bring back hope to ourselves and others around us from Ruth and Naomi? The first one, recognise where to come back to. I want to encourage you today, if you're feeling distant from God, if you feel like God's left your room, if you feel like the situation that you're going through, you're wondering whether God's even there. You may be online today and you're thinking, I don't even know if God's really real, but I decided to watch today. I want to encourage you that when you recognise the place you're in, don't run away from God. Don't step out. Don't go to Moab. Don't go and be in a place like that where people don't understand who God is or the provision of God is there. Walk into Bethlehem. Walk into Judah. Walk into the place where you know the bread is. Walk into the place where you know the presence of God is. Understand that it's in the presence of God that things come off our life. Things are broken. Things are changed. It's in the presence that he does it. Willing to surrender in the difficulty. Ruth had lost her husband, but she surrendered to God and knew that whatever happened, God would be with her. Entreat me not to leave you, nor to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your God shall be my God. Your people will be my people. She knew and declared it. And God brought comfort to both Naomi and Ruth in the challenging time. If we go on and we see that God's in the moment of the challenging, but he's calling us back into a place where he is, we then understand the hope in the sitting. When Naomi and Ruth came back, the people welcomed her, but no one was on her doorstep with lots of food. And here it all is, because it said that Ruth got up and she went out to the field to gather the barley. She got up and went out. Sometimes we come back into a place of saying, okay, God, I surrender, but the situation doesn't change immediately. I want to encourage you. Don't sit and go, well, God hasn't changed it, hasn't done anything. I want to encourage you, get up. Get up. 
Start to go. Start to worship. Start to give him honour. Start to think about where you can go and help. Start to think about how you can see things change. Ruth got up. She went to the field. And as she's getting the stuff, the grain for her mother-in-law so she can go home and have the provision of the food, what happened was Boaz comes along. He sees her in the field. And suddenly he says to the workers, give her a bit more. Leave more around so she can gather more. God started to cause a provision for her that was in abundance but it came out of her in the waiting in the sitting that she rose up and said God I'm going I'll go and get that I'll go and do it she became active when she went out into the harvest field Ruth 3, 2 to 3, one day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go into the harvest field to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. And Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather a grain behind the harvesters and as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. She had no idea that day that a redeemer had walked into the room. Sometimes we have no idea that our redeemer has walked into the room. But when we're obedient and we get up, he provides. It says in her greeting, getting up, she received favour. Verse 10, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. God was working even though she couldn't see straight away that it was him leading her pathway. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Ruth did not sit in a place of expecting God to bring everything to her. She went out and decided to act. Come on. Let's not be people that sit down. Well, I've come back into your presence, God. I'm sitting in your presence. Come on, you got to do it. No, let's be in his presence. Let's allow him to do something in our lives, but let's get up. Let's get up and be an army. Let's get up and go forward. Let's get up and go out. And let's begin to say, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go into the field? The scripture says the field is ripe. It's ready. The harvest is ready. Just like Ruth walked into the field to harvest, she was right in that moment. We've got a harvest that is so ready and God's looking for those willing to rise up and be the ones like Ruth to go in and start to work in the field. Who's in your area that needs hope? Who can you give hope to? Naomi gave hope to Ruth even when she didn't realise she did it. Ruth had hope, even though she wasn't 100% sure what that looked like. But as she went into the field, God provided for her in an incredible way. And in the same way, I believe we will see and reap a harvest that is extraordinary if we're willing to be his servants to go into the field and do the harvesting. There's hope in the Redeemer. Are you all going okay? Yeah? Yeah. This brings me to my last point. Our hope is in the Redeemer. We do not have hope without Jesus. 
In all our circumstances, he sits with us and he walks with us. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new one begun. Here in the story, we see that Ruth comes to Boaz. Naomi says, hey Ruth, Boaz is your next of kin. Go to the threshing floor. He'll be there. Get ready. Go, meet with him. Go and meet with your redeemer. Go and lay at his feet. And so as Ruth gets up, she goes and she, she lies at his feet. And she says, the next day when he says to her, I'm going to go. There is another one that has the right to you, but I'm going to go. I'm going to be your redeemer. God was providing for her in an extraordinary way. He provided the redeemer. Guess what? God provided for us in an extraordinary way. He provided the redeemer. He provided Jesus. Jesus is the answer. To Ruth, Boaz was the answer. To us, Jesus is the answer. He's the redeemer. But he's calling us to come to the threshing floor. He's calling us to lay it all down before him. He's saying, come, come. It's in the, at the threshing floor where they get the grain and they thrash it. And out of the thrashing gets all the impurities out. It brings it back to the grain that they can use. It's at that moment when we're at the threshing floor, when we lay ourselves before the King and we say, here I am, Lord. I want you to do something extraordinary in my life. Whatever needs to be removed, whatever has to be taken off, I'm going to lay it down before you because you're the Redeemer. You're the one that can change my life. You're the one that can shift the things that need to be shifted. You're the one that can turn my thinking into proper thinking and not be stinking thinking. You're the one. You're the one that can capture my thoughts. You're the one that can change it because you're the God, the God of the impossible. Ruth had hope in the Redeemer. God enabled it. Have hope and trust in Naomi when Naomi said to go to Boaz. Make sure you're sending others to Jesus, the Redeemer. She had enough hope to know God would provide for her. Ruth had hope in God to go to Boaz. Ruth had hope for a destiny of favour. Ruth went from tragedy to gleaning the fields to feeding herself and Naomi to being with the Redeemer. Naomi went from a life of hope into darkness but came back to hope. Wherever you are today, Wherever you are, whatever's going on, don't go to Moab. I beg you, don't go to Moab. Moab can't give you what you need. Moab can't give you the things that you are requiring in your life. Go to the house of bread. Go to the place where Jesus is. Go and lay your life before Him. Come and say, Holy Spirit, do a fresh wind in my life. Do something that's new. I believe we need a fresh wind. I believe that we need this nation to know what it is to know a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. It is time for the believers to stand up. It is time for the believers to champion back. When Naomi came back, 
the whole of Judah, they said, was standing there champing her back in. Who are we champing back in? Who are we saying, yes, well done, you're back, Naomi. You're back, you're back. They'll come broken. Naomi was broken. But I want to finish with this. God restored to Naomi everything she needed. She'd lost her sons. But she had a daughter-in-law who married Boaz, the relative of her husband. And Ruth had a baby. And guess what? was the baby that was in the line of Jesus. She stepped in to being in the line of Jesus. We're in the line of Jesus, people. We have the Redeemer on our side. He can do anything for every one of us. Our past does not determine our future. When we allow God to have control, our past is used for God's glory in the future. Ruth's past would have stopped her. She was a Moabite, widowed. Back then, it wasn't easy for a widow to have another husband. She had no family except Naomi. But when she stepped into walking with God, he redeemed her. And she was then in the lineage of Jesus. Jesus is our hope in our story. He's our hope. Would you all just bow your heads right now, please? I want the opportunity that some of you may be here this morning or even online and you've heard me talk about Jesus, the Redeemer, the threshing floor. And some of it you've gone, what does it all mean? It means that Jesus is the hope. Jesus is your answer. Things don't change immediately. They didn't change immediately when Ruth found God. But when Ruth continued to walk in the knowledge that God was with her, things changed dramatically. I want to offer you today an opportunity to find Jesus, to have Jesus as part of your life. That just as Ruth said, your God shall be my God. You can say, your God shall be my God, Ruth. Jesus will be mine. If that's you this morning and you feel like you want to say, yes, I want to accept Jesus. Or maybe you've walked away this morning. Maybe you've been a bit like Naomi and Emelik and the two boys and you walked out of God's presence and you've been in Moab and you're saying, Ruth, I want to come back. I want to come back to Bethlehem. I want to come back into His presence. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hand. Every eye is closed. People are not watching this as a decision between you and God. That's you today. Why don't you just lift your hand? If you're in the um, online, why don't you reach out and allow the host online to be there with you in that moment with you. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? I'm going to pray. 
Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this life that has made a decision to say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be part of me. I want you to be my hope. And Lord, I pray right now that you will be there, that you will strengthen and you will encourage as we walk this journey. We thank you for it. So right now, I'd love every person to stand to their feet. We're not in a rush this morning, but I feel like God wants to do something. I've been praying a lot. And I've really been praying and saying, God, what do you want to do this morning? And I feel like we this is the threshing floor. And I feel like God's calling some of us back to the threshing floor. I feel like God's calling us back and saying, come on, bring it to the threshing floor. Bring all those things that are causing you to feel that concern. Bring all those things that are causing you to feel the fear or the worry about what's happening around you. Bring it to the threshing floor. Because this morning I believe that I believe that I believe that God wants to touch you and encounter you. I believe He wants to cause a fresh wind to come upon you. I believe it is one touch with the King that changes everything. I truly believe that. I know it doesn't necessarily shift everything at once, but what it does is it brings hope back into the situation. It gives us the understanding that God's in the room and that He never leaves us nor forsakes. So the team's going to sing and I want, I believe there are a lot of us. I want a fresh wind. Don't sit back. Don't sit in your seat and go, oh no, I'm good, Ruth. I'm good. And walk out of here and miss what God wants to do this morning. There's an anointing this morning that wants to come upon you in a fresh way. There is something that God wants to deposit in you in a fresh way. It is time, church, for the fresh wind. So we rise up and those people that do not sit back in the moment, but we rise up, go into the fields. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.